The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. A mindful Christmas. And uh, this is our, our intention to bring heart and awareness and mindfulness to this incredible time that enfolds all of us, this wonderful time. And yet, I also know that it's not always a wonderful time for everybody. Uh, there are those who are experiencing their first Christmas without a loved one or a pet. Um, there are those who've had losses of other kinds in their life, changes, jobs, situations, uh, or that life is just feeling turbulent. And um, my invitation, if you're there, is hang in here with us. Hang in and open your heart and, and let's go on a journey into uh, the possibilities that can transcend even that which you're going through and perhaps give you the uplift that you seek. Now last week we uh, sought to intervene on what I call holiday hysteria, uh, a syndrome that can so easily wrap us all up. It's uh, the stress overload that we can get into, the the totally jammed schedules, the infinite to-do lists, excessive consumerism, the the joy-squashing exhaustion, and, and, and to move beyond all that into to something greater. And we, we offered up a three-part starting practice last week. Relax. Remember and renew. Relax. Do some breathing. You know, don't forget to breathe during these holidays. Uh, breathe and breathe deeply and, and keep the heart open. Breathe in and out of the heart and remember that it doesn't have to always be perfect, everything. And then to remember something even more, uh, and that is to remember that there's a deep personal message here. Uh, it's not just about what happened then, and it's not just about the presence and all the parties and such. There's a deep personal message of awakening to something greater within you. Remember that. And then renew. Uh, last week we talked about renewing our, our connections and our commitment uh, as expressions of our heart during this time. So let's build on that uh, as we go forward today. Now, the setting... Uh, in Bethlehem, in Judea, uh, in the days before the birth. Uh, Augustus Caesar had put out an edict that everyone must register in a census so that they could be taxed. Now, you see, some things never change, right? You see? (laughs) Some things seem to be eternal, taxes among them. And so everyone was to journey to the provincial seat of government nearest them, And in the case of our story, uh, it's Bethlehem. Uh, And uh, so you know the rest of the story. Uh, They arrived. There was no room. The inns were all booked up. And the birth had to take place out in the lonely, humble stable. And and I've reflected upon that. Um, And and how cool it must have been, if that was the way it was, to be a kid and be born there. I mean, think of it. You're born in a stable, and there are all these pets around, all, all ready for you. All these pets. And then there's this light show going on in the night sky. And kings show up with presents. Oh, my gosh. And, and then there's the little drummer boy, you know, keeping the beat, you know. <laughs> well, actually, scholars pretty much doubt the accuracy of any of that. Uh, in fact, in the Bible, there are two nativity stories, one in the book of Matthew and one in the book of Luke, 
and they hardly agree on any points at all. And so the story that's come down is a composite of those two. And so as you think about that, though, even though it may not be factual, that story, that story still conveys truth. It conveys truth that that it's important for us to let something be born, not in the usual frantic spaces, the busyness, the doingness of life. It's telling us that something is able to be birthed in the quiet, humble manger of our hearts. And that that is available to every one of us, despite and including our life circumstances. So there's a lot of truth in this. It's also the the deep truth that what gets born in us is our true destiny and our true design. You see, hear this. You are a being of light. Oh, yes, we identify as our body and our possessions and our history and all that. But I'm here to tell you, you're a being of light. That's what it means to be a spiritual being. You're a being of light. And we are called to be here to be shining lights. That's why that great teacher would say, you are gods and all of you children of the Most High. And he would go on to say, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine so that others may see. So this beautiful season is an opportunity to go to the deeper truth story, or the gospel as it were, the gospel according to you. The truth that you're a light being and that you can shine. And so that your life can have a a realization of great depth. That your life isn't caught up in the shallows or in superficiality. This is a time where you know something so deep, so powerful, that makes living the rest of your days so very worthwhile. Yeah, the superficiality. I was remembering a couple of years ago, I was coming out of a Target store, and um, I saw this little quick interaction between a a dad and his, it looked like preteen son, maybe 11 or 12-year-old son, and the dad was right outside this lighting doors, and the son was inside here holding a box with a, what looked like a piece of some sort of electronic equipment. And, and, and he was saying to his dad, But dad, you told me you would provide for all of my needs, and I need this for my band. I don't think it worked, but he tried. So we could go to something a little more profound in these times. Remember that this is about mindfulness, the power of mindfulness. And remember, as I said last week, there are two elements in mindfulness, awareness and presence. It's to have an activated awareness, a heightened awareness of of the meaning and the energy of these times. To carry that, to have that be the the pearl of great price, not not just the parties and the presents and the the gatherings, which are beautiful in their own way, but, but that there's a deeper energy and a meaning that we'll get more into. And then to be willing to be fully present with that heightened awareness to whatever is going on, to whomever one is with, enjoying the moment as it's happening. And then we begin to realize with this mindfulness approach that Christmas wasn't just a birth in Bethlehem, it's a birth in our own hearts. A wonderful mystic uh, from the 13th century, Meister Eckhart, one of my favorite mystics, uh, he 
Uh, He said, what good is it to me if the Son of God was born to Mary 1,400 years ago, but is not born in my person and in my culture and in my time? Yeah, that's the spirit of it. And then uh, our own founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, he said, let us no longer think merely of the traditional birth of Christ, numbering the years backward, but let us rather bring these years forward into our own experience and permit the new birth to take place in our own consciousness. Yeah, that's what it's about. So today, it's all about rekindling the light as a being of light, to rekindle that light in your expression in this life. That's the real opportunity of Christmas. And as you probably would suspect, I'm going to attach a certain meaning to each of the letters of that word light (laughs) to help you remember them. Let's start with the L, and that means let go. This is a continuation of what we started with last Sunday, relax. Yes, let go, continue to let go of stressfulness around this time, because that's a choice in being, it's not a necessity. Let go of that stress, but more than that, there's even more let go. Uh, How about we let go of the year that's just um, completing? How about we let go of this, because we're right on the cusp of a new cycle, Cherishing whatever insights, lessons, and richness of this past year, it's important to let it go. And in fact, to do the same with our entire past, owning the lessons of the journey, the richness of it, but being fully present, mindfully present to what is now. Yeah, letting go of the past. It's a wonderful time to let go of fears running your life. Every one of us has fears from time to time, without a doubt. And yet we're not designed to lead fear-based lives, bring a background of fear to everything. What a great time when we remember we're light beings, we're eternal beings, we're living in the oneness of the Spirit, to let go of that fear, the burden that we carry of fear. Maybe it's a beautiful time to let go of grievances or hurts uh, in your life. You might ask, who is it now time to forgive? Oh, what great gifts you can give yourself this Christmas time as you practice letting go. Let go. I've been doing a lot of work with letting go, as you can only imagine, um, <laughs> as I move toward uh, a huge shift in my life. And, you know, I feel so good about it, though. I feel like everything is going so well. I, 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 I'm just so encouraged by how things are going in the congregation, how, how you're all um, embracing this. As, and, and many of you are relating it to changes in your own life. And I feel so good about that and our new leadership. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling in a good space, even though uh, what I'm moving into is still unknown to me and, and won't be known for a good long time. But you know what I liken it to is like um, a trapeze artist. You know, hanging onto that bar. Now, you can swing on that bar for as long as you want. But if you want to complete the process and get somewhere, there comes a point where you've got to let go of that bar. And that's kind of what I've done. And I think Christmas can encourage us all to have the faith to do that. And then what you're going to find, you're going to find what I'm feeling right now. You're, you'll be firmly in midair, you know. <laughs> but there's no way you can get to the next bar and the next leg of the, tr- of the journey unless you let go of the one you're, you're holding on to. So what is there to let go of in your life? Christmas can be a great time of not just receiving good, but also letting go so that you're free and able to move on in your journey. Let go. Next, I would call us to invite. 
to put on an energy of invitation to the great spirit, the infinite love intelligence of which we're a part. To, to understand that, as Emerson said, we lie in the lap of an immense intelligence. And to invite greater inspiration. To indeed find some times for stillness. This is the darkest time of the year. And there's something beautiful about that. What better time to light a candle and to enjoy it or, or to enjoy the lights and the background of, of this darkness. But it's, that darkness is also kind of like a, a, a womb of silence. It's like get quiet in this, this time of year and invite. Invite deeper inspiration or revelation. And, and, and listen. Listen. Love the story of this um, elderly lady who had gone to her favorite church and she was in the massive sanctuary and she was kneeling in prayer before a statue of Mother Mary. Now the janitor at the same time was fixing something in the air conditioning way up above the ceiling of this, of this uh, sanctuary and he happened to look through a grate and he could see that he had a perfect view of the front part of the sanctuary and there he could see this little lady kneeling in prayer and he, he got ornery. And he decided, I think I'll play with this lady a little bit here. So he, he leaned up against the grate and he said, Hello! And the lady didn't move. Stayed in prayer right in front of Mother Mary. And he said, Hello, this is Jesus! And she just kept praying. And he leaned in and he said, Hello, this is Jesus, I want to talk to you. And the lady sat up and she said, Hush up, I'm talking to your mother. but you know a deeper conversation (laughs) to enter into this deeper conversation you know that symbol of the star in the east is really a symbol of mystic inspiration and spiritual intuition and to follow that star of insight and inspiration Another great mystic, a more modern mystic, a Quaker mystic, Thomas Kelly, who I so also revere. He said, deep within us all, there's an amazing inner sanctuary of the soul, a holy place, a divine center, a speaking voice to which we may continuously return. Eternity is at our hearts, pressing upon our time-torn lives, warming us with intimations of an astounding destiny calling us home unto itself. Here is the slumbering Christ, stirring to be awakened, to become the soul we clothe in earthly form and action. And this Christ is within us all. Yeah, so I have this energy that as you let go, then you invite inspiration, realization. Then we move on to the beautiful opportunity to give. Oh, how beautiful the experience is uh, that could become the norm of the rest of our lives, that we enjoy that childlike uh, interest in giving. Kids love to give. Um, and, and that's within you and me as well. And to abandon to that and to get used to it so that truly we see the power in this kind of joyous giving, spiritually based giving in our lives. It's giving with joy, from a place of joy. You know, God is the great giver of all, 
all life, all good of every kind. And you're made in the image and after the nature and likeness of God. And so inherent within us, our very nature is to share, to give, to be an outlet for, for giving. And, and when we understand and surrender to that, it's such a great joy uh, in our lives. Last Sunday, I talked about a, uh, one of my, I think, the most special Christmas I've ever had, my first with Erica. And I'm also aware of another that I cherish. And this, I think I must have been maybe seven years old or eight. And my parents, I remember one night um, prior to Christmas, and they met up in some parking lot with a number of other cars, four or five other cars, all, all people who worked with my parents. Um, and they, they were all packed, these cars, with food and with presents, ours included. And I so remember seeing my dad and mom get out of that car and carrying this enormous box with food in it and presents up to this door somewhere here in town. And, and the response of these people who were totally shocked and surprised and, and, and deeply joyous and giving that. And we spent the whole night doing this and watching the other cars do this. And, you know, I don't even know what presents I got that year, but I know the present I really got was how deeply touched my heart was by that. And that's truly the joy of this time. And I want to thank those of you who've, um, who've so blessed us by taking tags off those giving trees because you know that's going to be the experience of so many of those kids uh, out in our community. Uh, thank you for that. I, they tell me there are just a few more tags out there. If you want to get involved in the fun, you can bring them back in the next couple of days if you would. I think they get all sorted and distributed Thursday. Uh, but thank you for that. Uh, and uh, enjoy this time of giving. I tell you, this is such a remarkable congregation, generous and giving congregation. Last Sunday, I shared with you that um, our funds have been down just a little bit, but I had full confidence, and I still do, and the response has been wonderful, that we're taking care of that because our hearts love this place, and uh, the gifts we've received are so enormous. And so thank you for your support, and uh, may you be blessed with that because that's the biggest thing you realize. So as you give, then, then it moves to another aspect of giving, and that is to help. Yeah, let go. Let go. Invite the greater awareness, then give and help. Um, to, to let your heart be in action uh, this Christmas time, but also making it another lifestyle, that, that you're an open and responsive heart in your life. I think that's so important. love the story of this uh, frantic mom. She, she was with her three little ones, a little one, a baby, and two, two youngsters. And, and she was trying to get her grocery shopping done. And the youngsters were just pushing each other and arguing. And then they were knocking stuff off the shelves and throwing stuff that she didn't want into the cart. And she was getting more and more flustered and upset till finally this mom lost it. And she yelled at those kids and shook the oldest one and and somebody in one of the checkout lines was heard to say, well, you know, some people just shouldn't have been parents. And another person said, you know, we ought to call social services. They're abusing those kids. But one grandmotherly older lady stepped out of the line, just went up to that lady and put her hand on her arm and said, you know, hon, all my kids are now grown. But oh, do I remember how hard it was to manage them when they were your kids' ages. Can I help you? And this mom just burst into tears and just nodded. All she could do was nod. So the grandmotherly lady got a second cart, put the two older kids in the cart and the baby in the cart and followed the mom, told all those kids a story while following the mom as she got her shopping done. 
you know, a simple act. But, you know, it went beyond criticism and judgment. And she just helped. Heart in action. What a beautiful thing for this time. Yeah, let go. Invite greater awareness. Then give and help. And then just embrace transformation. Transform. Transform. These are transformational times. Because the deepest message of all is available right here. And that that there's a magic in you. There's a magic, not just in the times, but there's a magic in you. There's light in you. You are a being of light. You're a phenomenal being. You're the breath of the Spirit. Stop identifying yourselves with your lesser judgments and with what others have said, with your past, with what's going on now. You're a being of light. You're an empowered, powerful being. Surrender to that and let something happen. Let it happen. So I just got to do this. I have to share with you one of my favorite Christmas stories by one of my favorite authors, a fellow minister, Robert Fulgham. And he writes this, he says a number of years ago, it was, the day, it was just days before Christmas and he was in a funk. You know, he just couldn't find the joy and he was just upset about a lot of stuff. And so it was a dreary night for him. And he writes, I was jarred by a pounding at the door. Now what? Deep sigh. Opening it, I am nonplussed. A rather small person in a cheap Santa Claus mask, carrying a large brown paper bag out thrust, shouts, Trick or treat! (laughs) Yes, Santa mask shouts, What? Trick or treat! Tongue-tied, I stared at this apparition. He shakes the bag at me, and I dumbly fish out a few dollars and drop it into the bag. The mask lifts, and it's an Asian kid with a $10 grin taking up most of his face. Want to hear some caroling, he asks in a sing-song English. I know him. He belongs to a family settled into the neighborhood last year. Boat people, Vietnamese, I believe, refugees. He stopped by at Halloween with his sisters and brothers, and I filled their bags. Hong Duk is his name. He's maybe eight. At Halloween, he looked like a wise man with a bathrobe on and a dish towel around his head. (laughs) Want to hear some caroling? And I said, sure, where's the choir? I'm it, says he. And he launched forth with an up-tempo chorus of jingle bells at full lung power. This was followed by an equally enthusiastic rendering of what I swear sounded like Hark the Hairy Angels Sing. (laughs) And finally, a soft-voiced, reverential singing of Silent Night. Head back, eyes closed. From the bottom of his heart, he poured out the last strains of sleep in heavenly peace into the gathering night. Wet-eyed, dumbstruck by his performance, I pulled a $10 bill out of the wallet and dropped that into the paper bag. And in return, he produced half a candy cane from his pocket and passed it solemnly to me. Flashing that $10 grin, he turned away and ran and shouted, God bless you and trick or treat, and he was gone. (laughs) Who was that mask kid? Hong Duk, the one-man choir delivering Christmas door to door. I confess that I'm usually a little confused about Christmas. Singing about things I've never seen or done or wanted, 
dreaming of a white Christmas I've never known, and yet, and yet, I'm too old to believe in it and too young to give up on it. Too cynical to get into it and too needy to stay out of it. Trick or treat. After I shut the door, I lost it. Laughter and tears. And that funny feeling you get when you know that once again you've come home to Christmas. Right down the chimney of my midwinter hovel comes St. Hong Duk. (laughs) He is confused about the details, like me. But he is very clear about the spirit of the season. It's an excuse to let go and celebrate. To throw yourself into holiday with all you have, wherever you are. I'm it, says he. Where's Christmas? I ask myself. I'm it, comes the echo. I'm it. Head back, eyes closed, voice raised in whatever song I can muster the courage to sing. God, it is said, once sent a child upon a starry night that the world might know hope and joy. I'm not sure that I believe in all the baggage heaped upon that story during 2,000 years, but I am sure that I believe in Hongduk, the one-man Christmas choir shouting trick-or-treat door-to-door. I don't know who or what sent him, but I know I am tricked through the whimsical mischief of fate into joining the choir that sings of joy and hope. Through a child, I am transformed. That's my prayer for you, for us all. Let go. Get quiet and invite something deeper. It's already within you. Then move into giving and helping. Throw yourself open to transforming, to the greater good that is available within you. And we've got a bit of a ritual to offer you in support of this. As you leave, they'll be giving you uh, these little brochures Uh, called 12 Days Before Christmas, a mindfulness ritual. And if you'd like, you can get your own equipment, but if you'd like, the staff has prepared some bags with 12 candles in them. And and you can get these over on the east part of our lobby after service as well. And, And you can just set these up in a spiral, tea lights or little candles, 12 of them, and you'll start this on Thursday. Set them up in a spiral with the big candle, the Christ candle in the middle. And then starting Thursday night, light that candle. And there's some exercises you can use or you can invent your own stuff in this material. But light that candle and become still. Invite. That's something. The next day, light the first first two candles. That day's candle and the one prior. And keep doing that until you get to Christmas Eve where you light that big candle. And then on Christmas Day, light them all again. And just remember, as you do that, you are light. You are the light. Let's be shining lights as we go forward. And do remember these words from Desmond Tutu that I shared last week. Dear child of God, you are loved with a love that nothing can shake, a love that loved you long before you were created, a love that will be there long after everything has disappeared. And God wants you to be like God, filled with life and goodness and laughter, and joy. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.